right, let's welcome our lead pastor, Pastor Joe and Pastor Tom to the stage. Thank you, Raina. Amen. So glad you're here tonight. Have another fun night with Pastor Tom and Pastor Joe. Does everybody have an outline? If you don't have an outline, raise your hand. We'll make sure that you get one right here, right up front. Where are we starting? Yeah, right? Yeah. That is a review. So listen, if this is your first time on a Wednesday night with us, we don't do this every Wednesday night, although we probably will at least next Wednesday too. Um, we're doing this so we give an opportunity for you to ask questions. So feel free to ask a question. Now make sure the question pertains to what we're talking about, okay? Um, and if you don't have a question but you want to add something, maybe the Lord puts a scripture on your heart that is kind of connected to what we're talking about, please feel free to also do that, okay? Can you... You all in the back here, can you see us? You have to like, yeah. Okay, good. All right, so um, we're going to jump into a little bit of a review. review. We ended up last time we did this uh, two weeks ago, and uh, we had stopped at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and then we kind of took off on some teaching here. So we're going to go back to Hebrews 11, 1. Amen? Amen. You there? You should probably bring your Bibles on Wednesday night. It might be best for you to have your own Bible, your own translation that you're using. Hebrews, oh, okay. Let's stall a little bit. There's some more people coming in, so we'll wait for a second here. All right, Hebrews 11.1. Very, very basic scripture pertaining to faith. And who knows what Hebrews chapter 11 is referred to as? The faith chapter. The hall of faith. Uh, Almost every major individual that walked in in strong faith in the scriptures, uh, their names appear in chapter 11 of Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's go through that again. Now, faith is the substance. Substance. Not theory, but actual material substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I like to add, yet. Not seen yet. Now, last time we were on this scripture, we talked a little bit about how it mentions hope and faith in the same verse of scripture here. And we talked about how many times we start out in hope, but then it's our responsibility to take hope and have it develop into faith. Amen? Hope, even a person who doesn't know God can have hope. Hope is something very natural for us as human beings. Um, but to go from hope to faith is going to require the promises of God. Amen. Amen. Do we see that? Yes. Uh, we could go to a doctor, and the doctor might report something 
to us, something that is not really great news. And so at that moment, we're going to have a choice. Now, some of us, if we've been spending time in the Word of God as it pertains to, let's say, the subject of healing, and if, God's will, if it, is it God's will for us to be healed and all that, we might have scriptures immediately rise up on the inside. Amen? Amen. Amen. You ever had that situation? Any type of adversity might pop up, and immediately on the inside, a scripture comes up in your heart, and you know that that's what the Holy Spirit is going to use now in your life to combat that adversity. Amen? But let's say, let's say you're a new believer and you haven't really read much of the Bible yet. And so you still know that God is good and you still know that you can depend on him, but you might not be at the place of faith yet. You're at the place of hope. And so many times, you know, you might ask a person, well, uh, do you believe that, God's, that God can heal you? And the response almost always will be, well, I hope so. Okay, and that's good because at least that person is willing to look to God for the answer, but they might not yet have a promise that they know they can stand on. But then once they start discovering some of the scriptures in the Word as it pertains to healing, then it is going to go from, their stance is going to go from a stance of hope to a stance of faith, and then from faith to the stance of receiving Amen. 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 So let's talk about this a little bit before you want to say something. Yeah, actually, Jay, that's on, right? So yeah. down here it says faith. If you look at the bottom of your uh, first page your outline, it says faith in a nutshell. Faith is simply taking God at his word. Faith is convinced that God's word works even before we see the physical evidence of it. Faith is a knowing, right? Not a mental or emotional feeling, although at times your mind and emotions may feel full of faith. So what I, where I wanted to stop for a second is faith is a knowing. Pastor, I don't know if you remember this. Pastor Beth, I think Pastor Joe had sent, us, sent us a video. And I don't have every detail exact, but or, how many people heard of Oral Roberts? Okay, or just a side note, you guys know that they're playing in the uh, NCAA tournament. Anyway, I'm a grad. How many people know that? Amen. A few, okay. Anyway. I'm a graduate of Oral Roberts, so I, I went there, so I'm a little biased towards this, but Pastor sent us a video of Oral Roberts, who was like a, a healing evangelist, and there was a really, just such a pure, pure video of this. There was this young man who came, and I think he, had, he couldn't speak well. I think he had like a, a, like a, a stammer, and it was an old-time video. So the kid oh, gets up pediment, there, yeah. he says, he starts talking. And he, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, Oral, I know God's going to heal me. And he kept saying it, and the whole crowd's just cracking up because he's not realizing he's already, he's already healed. So he's already talking. He's like, I know God's going to heal me. I know God's going to heal me. I came here to get healed. But he's speaking normally, so he, and he was healed. And I noticed something. Another lady come up and got healed. But every single person that went up there, I picked up on something in the video. They didn't say, I hope. That God's going to heal me. He said, Oral, I came here knowing that God's going to heal me. Amen. So I just think that ties in well with yeah, definitely. what, you're, what definitely. you're saying. So um, right under on your outline there where it says uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, there's a sentence to fill in there. You can fill it in if you want. You know, it's just basically uh, the scripture that we just read. But if you look under that where it says the Amplified Bible, um, and it does, the Amplified Bible does help us to see more clearly 
what this verse is saying. When the Amplified Bible does that with, with all the entire Bible, it'll kind of give you two or three different words to connect with a keyword and a phrase in the verse so that you'll get an idea, a uh, much clearer picture of what they're talking about. So here's how Hebrews 11.1 1 reads in the Amplified Bible. Now faith is the, insu- the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's powerful. Because most of the time, when we say we're in faith about something, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Say, well, you know, I'm speaking to this particular part of my body, and you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Of course not. In the natural, it doesn't make sense. But your body will speak to you. And we don't question it. <laughs> when a certain part of your body, let's say you broke your leg, your body is screaming at you, my bone is broken. <laughs> so it's okay for your body to speak to you, but we get kind of awkward when it comes time for us to speak to our body. And yet we're told to, to speak to those mountains that are in our way. And so you can only do that by faith because it doesn't make sense in the natural. Even in the realm of hope sometimes, we back off on doing the things that could cause us to possess the promise that's been made to us because we're still only in the realm of hope and have not yet stepped into that, that, that realm of faith where you take hold of it. The realm of faith is you know you have it already. It's just a matter of walking through something until you get it in your hands and say it's mine. Amen? Amen? Amen. Question back there? Just praising God? Hallelujah. I'll, I'll join you. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions at this point before we move on? Yes, Barbara. Microphones. We only, got, we only have one mic person tonight? Oh, there you go. There's rain over there. Um, I've had conversations with people who say, don't give me that faith stuff. That's religion. You know, they have this jaded idea of what faith is. So I always go back to, you have more faith than you know. And they're always arguing with me. And I'll say, when you get in your car in the morning, you have faith that it's going to start. That's faith. Faith isn't a religion. Faith is a conviction. It's a conviction. It's something that I... It's a confidence. It's a confidence. Amen. You you get in your car and you stick your key in, it starts. That's faith. You don't question the fact that the car's going to start. Absolutely. And and that's where I try to start if I'm talking to somebody that doesn't have the Lord. Right. But it's good to note that every single one of us, regardless of whether we're saved, unsaved, church, unchurch, God created us to have faith. He created us as beings that will believe what they're told. You know, when you told your kid, if you eat your dinner, I'll take you for ice cream. They didn't go, well, give me verse in scripture. They didn't say, I want that in writing. They believe you. How do we know they believe you? Because they kept pestering you for 15 times. When are we going for ice cream? When are we going for ice cream? When are we going? It's natural for us to believe. It's natural for us to have faith. Amen? It's natural, and you need to say that to yourself. It's natural for me to have faith because I've been created that way. 
Amen? Amen. Anybody else want to share anything? Or Pastor Joya? You might as well stay somewhere in the middle, Bill. Randy, you might as well stay someplace in the middle so you don't have to run. There's another way of looking at that scripture. Uh, now faith. You need it right now. You don't yeah. need it Amen. two weeks from now. You need it right yes. now. You get a bad report from the doctor. Either fear is going to come up or faith is going to come up. Amen. So it's now faith. Yeah, and, and, and you know, sometimes we don't really know how much faith we have until we're put in a position like that. Amen. You know, then we realize how much faith we actually have or, or where we need to build up our faith. Um, anybody else before we move on? Yeah, you want to say something? For no other reason than expressing what faith really is. Um, I lost my mom less than two weeks ago. Oh, we're sorry. And sorry to hear. The only thing that's holding me together. Can you put the mic up closer so we can hear you? We've had many conversations over the years. And there was no doubt in her mind where she was going. And as I was having to make a very difficult decision, I knew there was no doubt in her mind that she was going to be sitting between God and Jesus. How can you be sad about that? Amen. 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 God bless you all. God bless you, bro. I remember something, okay? I'll share something with you that I've said before here, but there's something that the Lord put on my heart. I would say probably 15 years ago, uh, we had a family in the church that had suffered a tragedy. Uh, the teenager uh, had passed away. Um, and if something just popped up in my heart to tell him, that person's not in your past, they're in your future. Amen. And that's why Paul says we don't grieve like those who don't have any hope. You're going to see your mom again. Amen. So, so, you know, resist that that, that overwhelming grief that, you know, she's gone. No, she, she just, she went on ahead. And any of us that have lost loved ones that we know were born again that knew the Lord, they're not in the past. They're in the future. Because the one you're going to see in the future is going to look a whole lot better than the one you saw in the past. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. Pastor, can I add to that for a second? Please, go ahead. Um, just, just to share something, because that jumped in me right when he was talking about that. But I actually want to read... Read, read the scripture. It's 1 Thessalonians 4. So 1 Thessalonians 4, and then it says 13. But I just want to read this because I've been sharing this a lot with people who've been in grief because something in this scripture just jumped out to me so much recently. But listen to this. It says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, obviously those who have passed away. But what Paul's saying here is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant of this fact, right? So then he goes on to say, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope, right? So, as, so we're not to grieve like people who have no hope. But Paul's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant of this concerning those who have fallen asleep. But then he goes on to tell us what he doesn't want us to be ignorant about. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and according to what you said, you know your mom did, right? Even so, God will bring with him, bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, that's your mom. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, which would obviously be your mom to sleep in death. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ 
shall rise first, then those who are alive and remain, that would be the rest of us who are still alive, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Like Pastor was saying, we're going to see him again. But here's the interesting thing about this verse that really stuck out to me, obviously the beginning, but also the end where it says, therefore, comfort one another with these, with words. these words. So these are the words that we are to bring to people. And those of you here, we all lose people. So if you have someone in your life, now sometimes maybe people aren't ready to hear something like this because they're so broken, but sometimes it gets, you know, when the time is right, but sometimes even if they're not ready to hear it, sometimes they tuck it away and it comes back to them like, wow, okay, now I'm able to receive this. But regardless, Paul's telling us to comfort each other with the fact that we know that we're going to be with the Lord forever. And if we're believers in Jesus, we don't have to be, we don't have to grieve without hope. We don't have to be devastated. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it hurts. But we can have the assurance of knowing we're going to see them again. But anyway, that really, that verse really stu stuck out to me with comfort one another with this. Amen? Yes. Amen. Well, Amen. You, can, you know, we can, we can look at this a couple different ways here. Because it's amazing how when you take a scripture that you're used to pulling out on its own, but when you plug it back into the context, you see so much more to it. Now, Paul's connecting the comfort not only to the fact that you're going to see that you lost loved one, but he's connecting it to the rapture. Amen. So comfort each other with these words. What? It ain't over. The day's coming, and it's coming very soon. He's connecting the hope that we have that are loved, and the fact of being comforted with our loved ones to, to connecting it to the fact that Jesus is going to appear in the sky and call those out of the graves and together with them, we're going to go. So you're going to see your mom in the clouds. <laughs> Amen? Amen? When we get raptured. Amen. And every indication is it's, it's going to happen soon. Every indication is it's going to happen soon. Not too many people are not too happy about that, but I hope you are because you're not going to want to hang around here after the, after the church is gone. So read that again. Read that again. Go, start, in, start in verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will... Let's stop there for a second. Hold on. Stop there for a second. Paul says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord... So he's heard this directly from Jesus. Wow. He heard this directly from Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now, take into consideration the fact that Paul did not know the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on earth before he went to the cross. His first encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ was where? On the road to Damascus. And uh, that must have been a pretty frightening sight for him. Yeah. I think if I was going to meet Jesus, I would have wanted to meet him at the Last Supper, not, not on the road to Damascus. And it was so, so impacting that Paul falls to the ground and temporarily loses his eyesight. So he's, anything that Paul relays to us, it's coming from teaching that he got directly from the Lord. It's not hearing it secondhand. That's important for us. Because right now, there's a lot of religious spirits that are actively 
trying to debunk the fact that the scriptures teach about the rapture. Now, that's a little clue from the enemy because why would the enemy fight something that wasn't true? If it's not true, it's not true. You don't have to worry about it. And so you'll see, especially on social media, a lot of individuals coming forward trying to debunk, disprove, so that people are not ready for this rapture. Okay, well, there's only a second coming. No, no, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is in two stages. Number one is his appearing. Number two is seven years later to the moment when he comes physically with all of us who have, been, who have gone up, either, either we've taken our last breath here and we step into eternity, or we're present, whatever generation is present, when that rapture takes place. We will return with him at the end of those seven years when he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. Raina, you just came back from there. Last week you were there. And you were on site. And you saw where he's going to put his feet on the ground. It's, it's a fact. It's not a theory. And so here it is. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Well, when? At the second coming. Amen. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. In other words, uh, we're not going to get left behind. When all those graves open up and every person that was born again comes out of those graves, their bodies come back together that were lost at sea. Ashes come together and produce a body. Every one of those are going to meet the Lord in the air. Okay? And look what it says here. It tells us, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. What's he going to do from heaven? Descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. There's going to be a loud trumpet blast when this happens. And by the time that trumpet blast is done, we'll be there. Split second, split second. I'm glad because I don't like heights. (laughs) That's true. And before we realize what's happened, we're there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, I want you to pay attention to verse 17. Because this cannot be talking about the second coming physically of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Where? To meet the Lord where? Not on the Mount of Olives. You see this? In the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Which words? Both the fact that you don't have to mourn and grieve like those who have no hope. Why? Because you're going to see them in the clouds. They're coming. They're coming. All of our loved ones. Comfort one another with these words. How did we go over there talking about faith? Oh, he was talking about Oh, yes. Okay. Good. Any questions? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I, I think you actually answered my question. Um, 
So back in December, a very good friend of mine had passed. We um, were friends since we were 10 years old, so many, many years. So my question is, is that all those who were not laid out in a coffin, uh, rather they were cremated, and the memorial service for her is going to be after Easter. And one of the things that she requested of her husband was that her ashes would be put on her mother and father's grave. That's what she requested. Now, the question is, is that, wh how does that work out when you're, you're cremated, your ashes, does it all, wherever the ashes, let's say somebody wants their ashes thrown into the ocean. So how... Uh, can I ask you the bigger question? Yeah. Was she born again? Yes. Okay. Then I wouldn't worry about anything else. Oh. <laughs> God who created the universe is very much capable of pulling back together every cell of her body. Yeah, somebody who's been in the grave for 200 years, I don't think there's much left there anyway, so he'll do it. Hi. Um, I, the question that was just asked, I used to, I have a horrible fear of fire, and my thought was, I'll never be cremated, I'll never be cremated. I heard something on Christian radio, like within the last two weeks, that speaks to what you're talking about, and God, like Pastor just said, created the universe, and we were created from the dust of the earth. Ashes are just dust. It's just another form of dust. And just like the bones can come together, the bones come alive, every single part of us, um, even, you know, I'm, I work in a hospital and a lot of people donate organs and things like that. And I always had questions before I knew Jesus as to what happens with people and what happens with your body. He knows every hair on our head. He knit us together. And it doesn't matter whether you're cremated, whether you're buried. People have died at sea. People have died in airplane crashes. There's all kinds of tragedies for people that haven't been buried or whole. And God can take care of all of that. And we don't Amen. need to worry about any of it. Amen. He, he made us, and he's going to take us with us, whether we, he's, however he pieces us back together. And we will all have a glorified body. Amen. All of us. Anybody else? Before we move on, Pastor Dry. I don't know if it mentions in the Bible, but do we receive a glorified body as soon as we go up or when we get to heaven? No, I believe it's instant, instantaneously. Instantaneous. So who cares about these bodies? Yeah, what do I care? <laughs> and, and the older we get, the, the less we care. <laughs> Somebody else want to say something while we're... Anybody else want to ask any questions about what we just talked about, even if it's not related to this particular outline, but the scripture that we just talked about? Just for curiosity, and please be honest, transparent. I know before I became a Christian, having been raised in the Catholic Church, I never heard the word rapture. I, I, I think I knew that someday Jesus was coming back. 
but I had no clue about a rapture. How many of you at this point in time say, I really don't know much about that and haven't had much teaching about that? Let me see your hand. Be honest, everybody. You heard the word, but not, not, okay, okay. So, Jerry, should we tackle this? Yeah, it is that time. But I know, but maybe we'll just do one night just with that stuff. So real quick, let me give you the scenario, and then we'll go back to the outline because we want to kind of finish this up. So we'll, we'll do one of these nights um, just on the rapture and the second coming. How about if we do that? We'll do a few weeks, okay? So earliest mention of the idea Did God allow his people to drown in the flood of Noah? That's not a trick question. God allowed his people to drown? God allowed his people? No, of course not. What happened to Noah and his family? They were saved because they went in the ark. And so they were raised up above the flood, right? Yes. Came back down to earth at some point when the floods receded. That's a picture of the rapture. Okay? All right? Does anybody know about a guy named Enoch? Enoch has his own book. Okay? It's not included in the scriptures, but it's referred to in the scriptures. And the people in the New Testament times, in Jesus' times, the book of Enoch was, was a common thing that you read. They understood. Jesus talks about some things that are in the book of Enoch. Peter refers to the book of Enoch. Jude refers to the book of Enoch. What happened to Enoch? He was taken. He was what? He was taken up. So he walked with the Lord. He pleased the Lord, and the Lord took him up. Another picture of a rapture. What about Elijah? Not Elisha, Elijah. Taken up in a chariot, okay? Got that? Okay. What about the next rapture? No, there's another one that happened already. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew that the tombs opened up in and around Jerusalem. And many people, many of the saints well, came out, went and visited their families in Jerusalem. And then, it's most likely, although we don't have direct confirmation, most likely when Jesus ascended into heaven, they went with him. Another rapture. Amen? Amen. So, People, when people say, or even Christians, sometimes Christians say, well, well, it's never happened before. Oh, no, no, it's happened. It's happened. Now, there'll be the rapture of the church, and then there'll be another rapture after that. There'll be two witnesses that appear in Jerusalem. I think it'll be Enoch and Elijah, because they never died naturally. And they will come during the tribulation time, that seven-year horrible period, where Jerusalem then becomes again the center and Israel and the Jewish people again become the center of God's plan. Why? Because the church is gone. 
So everything goes back to Old Testament times. Mm-hmm. However, there will be 144,000 Jews, not 144,000 Jehovah Witnesses, 144,000 Jews that will, as soon as the rapture takes place, will become born again. They'll put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah, and they will evangelize the world. It's going to be the most horrible of times, but it's going to be the most exciting of times. And truthfully, the great harvest that we keep talking about is not going to happen while the church is here. The great harvest that will happen a second after you and I leave this place. Because every individual who ever doubted, ever heard about it but didn't make a decision, when this happens, will immediately get born again, get saved. And that's when millions upon millions upon millions of people will come into the kingdom during those seven years. It'll be a horrible time, but they will be saved. Sounds like science fiction, doesn't it? Where do you think they get the ideas from? Hallelujah. Do you want to add anything? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll go into this a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. How, what do you think? Is that a good idea for everybody? Yes. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the second coming. Uh, exciting time. Very exciting time we're living in right now. Amen. Extremely exciting time we're living in right now. And you let Bill walk away with the mic and then you start talking again. It's an exciting time. This is not a scary time. Amen. The church has been prepared for this time for 2,000 years. It's exciting what we've been taught. Yeshua, the Messiah, is coming back. He's going to come back and fulfill every single promise that he's made. So it's exciting. We need to know this. Yeah, literally, Jesus coming back fulfills the promise, completely fulfills the promise that God made to Adam and Eve about their redemption. We've had a partial redemption up until now. We're going to heaven, thank God. But the full redemption, where the entire earth is redeemed, happens after Jesus returns to the earth. And we get our glorified bodies. And uh, you, should listen, you should follow after a woman who's an amazing teacher of the word. Her name is Billy Brim. And I remember listening to her at one time many years ago. She's very uh, closely, she used to be Brother Kenneth Hagin's secretary in the Bible school. And she had stepped down just a few years before we went to uh, Bible school. Pastor Rick, was Billy Brim there? She wasn't on staff, any, but when you went to Raymond, right? But she would come to the meetings and stuff. We would see her at Winter Bibles, camp meeting, always there. She, was, she, she edited most of Brother Hagin's uh, books. Now, she made it her business after her husband passed away back in, I think, the late 80s or early 90s. The Lord put her on an assignment to go and study in Israel, to study under rabbis in Israel. So she's extremely knowledgeable about these things. And she talks about, in one of her books, I think it was The Blood, 
The Blood and the Glory, phenomenal book. I would recommend it to anybody. The name of the book is The Blood and the Glory. Okay? It came out about 25, 28 years ago. Uh, awesome book. She talks about what it would be like during the millennial age, that is the thousand years of peace after Jesus sets up his kingdom here on the earth in Jerusalem, obviously. She said, obviously, if we're those of us who are living in this church age now, okay, when he returns physically to the earth, we return with him. Because at the rapture, the church gets reunited in heaven. Right now, there's the church on earth, and there's the church in heaven. The church on heaven are all the people who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ from Adam until now will be reunited with those people. And so the church intact will be in heaven. There'll be, the, there'll be those that get saved during the tribulation. So part of the church will be here. But we're all going to come back in our glorified bodies. Remind me to spend time on this. We don't go to heaven and float on clouds with harps. The kingdom will be established on the earth physically. So we come back in our glorified bodies. And she talked about how the Lord showed her and revealed to her uh, kind of a picture of us in our glorified bodies being here on earth And she said she pictured a mom and her little daughter walking down the street and the little girl pointing to one of us and and pointing and the mother saying, yes, honey, that's one of the glorified ones. You see, there'll still be people that are born on the earth during the the millennial age, but they won't have glorified bodies like you and I. Isn't that interesting? So we're actually getting into the teaching we said we were going to do a couple weeks from now. (laughs) All right, let's get back to the outline. So we'll finish this outline up so we can start on another one. Amen? Amen. Are you enjoying this tonight? Does anybody have any questions before we go into this next section C? Any questions? Any comments? All right, good. Oh, well, put your hand up. Oh, I didn't see it. Hold on, the microphone's coming. Just real quick. When we talk about, um, you've always spoken of when people are come to the Lord and you know they re- receive the Lord and they're uh, saved, but what if they're not walking in the Lord, with the Lord? In other words, there really isn't a relationship. You know, where we say they're saved. You're talking about they're just barely saved? Yeah, you know, you know they, they basically, because doesn't the Bible say, you know, Satan <laughs> believed. Yeah, but Jesus Satan doesn't was, believe unto faith. No, he believed who Jesus, that Jesus Well, yeah, because you know, because Jesus kicked his butt. Of course he believed him. So, so if you have family members that have received Christ. Um, but they didn't do anything with it. But, but you know, they're kind of one foot in. What, okay, so let's, let's, let's talk about that. What is, what is the qualification in Scripture for a person to receive salvation? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. That question used to bother me. And I think I, I well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go into that story. So, so a person's saved. Your spirit's saved. Okay, now look at it this way. The thief on the cross next to Jesus. 
Jesus said to him, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Now, his time in paradise, I'm sure Jesus said, don't unpack your bag because we're not staying here, okay? We should talk about that too if you want. He didn't have time to get baptized. He obviously couldn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit because it wasn't the Holy Spirit hadn't come to the earth yet on Pentecost. But Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And obviously, paradise was a compartment where all the Old Testament believers went to because heaven wasn't open yet because Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. And he hadn't ascended into heaven yet. You, you realize that, right? Yeah. So now, in the realm of the Spirit, that compartment is empty. But according to the story that Jesus told about Lazarus and the rich man, you remember that one? Yeah. Okay. The rich man was in the compartment called Hades. Okay. And apparently, from Hades, you could see into paradise. Because you remember, he said, Father Abraham, who presided over paradise in the Old Testament, because he's the father of faith, right? Okay. So, the rich man said to Abraham, Father Abraham, allow Lazarus to just put his finger in water and just put a drop of water on my tongue because I'm tormented in these flames. Mm -hmm. That guy's still there. As we're sitting here tonight, that rich man is still there Mm -hmm. because Hades was not emptied out. Okay? You remember it tells us in the the scriptures, in the book of Revelation, that uh, when Jesus comes and sets up the kingdom here. He deals with with Satan, but he also empties out Hades into the lake of fire. So as if that wasn't painful enough, there's another even more intense punishment. Um, But that that thief on the cross, all he had time was to confess his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So it would be pretty cool when we get to heaven and say, could we see what happened at that point? Because here's, here's Lazarus, okay, and obviously he's healed at that point from all his leprosy. Walking into paradise, walking into that compartment, that chamber, like a waiting room, and him meeting Abraham, him meeting David, and Jesus going, okay, we got time for this later because I got a job to do. So Jesus would have went from there into Hades, because he had to suffer everything that you and I would suffer having rejected Christ, okay? And he would have suffered that, but then he would have taken the keys and the authority away from Satan. Thank God, right? Because it tells us that in Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father now, far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. You remember that, right? So to answer your question, our spirits are saved. Hebrews tells us that we've been sanctified, made perfect, those who are being sanctified. In other words, we're perfected, but now we're trying to work out things here on the earth. Um, Now, we have a tendency to mix up rewards with salvation. You see what I'm saying? Now, this thief on the cross, I'm not judging the situation, but going by what Paul reveals to us about uh, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment, okay, which one of them is a reward ceremony, okay? Uh, how many of you ever were on sports teams when you were a kid? Let me see. 
And and after the season's over, what do they usually have? They have an awards banquet, right? You got the MVP, uh, the one who, uh, what do they call the one who? Most fat. The one who, you know, uh, progressed the most. Oh, most improved. Most improved. You have all these rewards, okay, all these awards that are handed out. I would venture to say the thief on the cross, he's there. But he has nothing. There was no works. There was no nothing. There was a, now, when I said the word works, don't go out of here saying that you do your works to gain salvation. No, we gain salvation by faith. But our rewards are based on the things that we did here in the body. So, my mother and father, okay, no doubt that they were saved. Did they become flaming evangelists? No. But we saw a transformation in their lives, especially my father. It really mellowed out. Okay, so, but let me ask you this question, honestly. When we get there, are we going to be disappointed because we don't have as many trophies as the Apostle Paul? I'm going to go, thank you for letting me in. I don't care if I don't get, I don't, I don't even care if I don't get a participation trophy. I'm going to be so, I mean, how many of you know what I'm talking about? We're going to fall down at his feet and go, thank you if you never do another thing for me. I am so glad I'm here and not there. Yes or no? But it's a fair question. And honestly, that question should give us a sense of urgency to do the good works because we're saved, not on our way to being saved, which is the difference really between religion and the difference between having a relationship with God. But our rewards are going to be based on that. And listen, they're not going to be... Look, you got, one, you got a, a, a list there in heaven. And when we get there, hopefully our rewards are going to depend on how close we made it to that list. Okay, now we're there. We're there. You can't throw us out. But, but we want to be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you're not going to get compared to my list, and I'm not going to get compared to your list. There's a book in heaven. God has a plan before we were even conceived. He gave us the resources. He gave us the faith. He gave us the power. He gave us everything to accomplish those things. But he also gave us free choice. And so to the, to the level that we fulfilled that plan, will be the rewards that we receive. But then we're going to turn around and take those rewards and put them back in his feet. So it's not like we're going to walk around and go, oh, wow, look at my crowns. I got more more crowns than you have. No, we're not going to worry about any of that stuff. And I remember one of our instructors at Raymond said he was standing around with a bunch of ministers and they were all bragging about what they accomplished here on the earth. And he said to them, big deal. So your pile of ashes is going to be bigger than mine. Because all of our works are going to go on fire, and only the things that we did that were gold and silver and precious stones are going to be the things that survive, because those are the things that God told us to do. Okay, we don't just get, we don't get rewards just because we decided to do something big and do something good, you know. Well, I pulled all my resources, and I built an orphanage. Okay, that's wonderful, but did God tell you to do that? Maybe God called you to go and support somebody else that was supposed to do that. The reward is on the obedience. You remember that word? 
Obedience. Remember that word, obedience? Okay. That's where the rewards are, are based on. I can't believe this much time went by. You know what I feel like you guys did? What I used to do to my professors in college. Get them off on a tangent so you don't cover the material. Well, the test is in like five minutes, right? All right, so listen. Can we start in chapter, in section C next week? We'll finish this next week, and then I promise you the week after, which will be what? The week before Palm Sunday? Yeah, we'll start talking about that. Don't, don't put your jackets on. We're not done yet. March the 29th. So March the 29th. March the 29th, we'll start on the rapture. our series on the rapture and the second coming. Okay, you want to bring your lost friends to that. You want to bring your lost friends to that. Bring your lost family to that. The people that don't know Christ yet. Okay? Because let me tell you something. People are not stupid. Unchurched, unsaved people that don't know the Word of God, that don't know the Bible, they are still very perceptive on the inside. Everybody's starting to realize something's not right in this world. <laughs> something's not right. You might, we not, might, I might not have it all figured out, but this much I know. Something's weird going on. Something strange going on. It'd be a good opportunity for being your lost loved ones. Okay. So, go ahead. Finish it up quick. On the midweek, when we did did the end times, that really built up my faith. And I do remember there were some people Mm -hmm. here that didn't know Christ. And yeah, that's a very, that built up my faith so much to have an understanding of the Yeah, we'll have outlines and stuff like that ready. It's going to be good. Amen? Amen. So, we've only got four minutes, four and a half, well, three and a half minutes left officially. But, um, if you have to leave, I would ask you to go ahead and be dismissed. Uh, if you don't, I would ask you to join us. I'd like to spend the next 15 minutes praying. Amen. Praying. Because God's doing an amazing thing in this nation and all across the world. It is hot in here, isn't it? Yes. No, I'm sweating. I see somebody fanning themselves over there. Could you turn that air conditioning on? Don't get nervous. This air conditioning only affects here. People are going, there he goes. He's putting the air conditioning on. So, we want to spend some time, we want to spend some time praying. Say, what are we praying about? I want us to pray that God would show us what our part is in this move of God that's sweeping across our nation and sweeping across the world. I hope you have a heart for that. Because I feel like I don't want us to be spectators. I want us to be participants. I want us to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That he would be able to use every single one of us in a very special way to reach those that don't know Christ yet. To Position ourselves in such a way that if he wants to and, and if he decides, decides to and desires to, that he can use us, even in the realm of, of the miraculous, to bring relief to people who are sick, to bring deliverance to people who are bound and, and maybe captive in some type of addiction. But more than anything, that we would be positioned in such a way 
where Jesus would be glorified in this entire region and that the Holy Spirit would sweep across Ocean County, Monmouth County, Atlantic County, all up and down the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Say, well, we have the rest of New Jersey. God can bring somebody on the other side of New Jersey. I feel like he's given us a sphere of influence to affect here. Um, would you join us? Would you? Would you? Yes? yes? Again, if you have to leave, if you've got to pick up your children from Children's Church or you have a teenager next door and you need to go pick them up, please just be respectful. Why doesn't everybody stand up? And, and honestly, just get out of your seats and come up here. Let's just gather around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just move up, please. Move up, please. Now, if you've never prayed with us here, let me just explain a couple of things. Okay. We follow Paul's instructions in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Move up, please. Pastor Beth, where are you? Come up here on the platform. What? Can we pray for the Christian persecution? No, we're praying for the move of God tonight. We can pray for that another time. Okay. Uh, you too, Glennis and Sean, come up here. When we pray, we follow the instructions that the Apostle Paul gave to the church at Corinth. We can pray with our understanding. What is praying with our understanding? Praying with our natural language. But we've also been given a supernatural language. And for those that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, uh, we understand from the scriptures that that is a better way to pray. Now, if you haven't received that yet, don't don't feel like you have less of a gift or less capabilities. But when we pray in the Spirit, the Bible tells us in that same chapter, we pray out divine mysteries, Paul says. And right now, for the most part, we, for anybody to claim 100% that we know exactly what the will of God is, that's delusional. We don't. We can sense, we can perceive, but we want to be able to pray God's perfect will. And honestly, the only way to really do that is to pray in the Spirit. Because the Bible says, when we pray in the Spirit, our mind is unfruitful. In other words, we don't, we don't know what we're saying. Every once in a while, we might, by the Holy Spirit, receive on an inside knowing, okay, I'm praying for this thing, that thing, I'm praying for this country, I'm praying for that person, praying for that family. But that doesn't happen all the time. I wish it did, but it doesn't. But we can pray with our understanding. We can pray in the spirit. Now, let me just tell you ahead of time, for those of you that have not yet received that gift, and it is a gift that's available to every Christian who is already born again. You get born again, you receive salvation, and then you're qualified for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't understand how that works, I'd be glad to explain it to you. It's very simple after this prayer meeting, okay? But every person who's born again is qualified to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I will tell you this. Over the past month and a half or so that we've been doing this, 
to my knowledge, we've had six individuals that nobody prayed for them, nobody laid hands on them, nobody said, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're one of them, right? And your sister? You were number, number five and number six. Because I said one week there were four, and they came to me and said, no, you're wrong, there's six, we're the other two. Literally, spontaneously received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it happens. You look, if you read in the book of Acts, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, he went to preach salvation to them. And then he goes back to the Jews in Jerusalem, because every question, like, you went to a Gentile's house. Yeah, calm down. It was good. They preached salvation. And at some point, obviously, Cornelius and all of his household believed and received Jesus Christ because the next thing that happened is the Holy Spirit falls on them and they speak in tongues. So it can happen. If you truly desire to receive that gift and you have not yet, would you just move up a little bit more? Okay. Have your faith out tonight that you can receive that as the rest of us are praying that way or even as some of us are praying with our understanding. Amen? Amen. So let's, spend, let's just be in, intentional. We're going to spend 15 minutes praying. Okay? So, Pastor Beth, would you lead us with our understanding first? And then pass the, pass the microphone to Glennis and then Sean, because I know you're already pr- praying in this arena, okay, for, the, for this move of God, for the Holy Spirit to just fall on this area. So then, then from there... We'll, we'll go into praying in the spirit. And some of us will just, you know, I'll jump right into praying in the spirit. And you can go ahead and pray with the understanding. Uh, if, if the Holy Spirit puts a scripture on your heart, go ahead and pray that out. And uh, let's just do this for the next 15 minutes. Amen? Amen? This can be fun. This isn't a chore, right? right. Turn to somebody and say, this is fun. This is, fun. This is exciting. This is exciting. Amen? Amen? Now, let's, let's just start off right now. That just to start off right now. Let's all lift our hands up to the Lord and just start thanking him. Just start blessing him. Just start worshiping him. Father, we give you honor and we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you all thanksgiving. You are the awesome, awesome God. Father, there's nothing impossible to you, God. You are all powerful. You're all knowing. You're ever present, Father. You're everywhere, God. And you know exactly what needs to be prayed here. Holy Spirit of God who dwell within us. You know exactly the heart of the Father. You know exactly what needs to be prayed. You know exactly what scriptures. You know the direction that we should take. And so right now, we lift our hands and bless you. We lift our hands and worship you. And Lord, we, wanna, we want to cooperate with your spirit, Lord. And so in Jesus' name, Father, we pray these prayers in faith, confidently, knowing that Lord, we're praying what you want us to pray, Father. We don't have to twist your arm for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon this area, Father God, because it's the thing that you desire to do. Peter promised it. You spoke to the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2 about this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And so we welcome, we welcome it, we welcome, we welcome him. We welcome the Holy Ghost here. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Over this entire region, over every church, every city, every county, up and down the Jersey Shore, we declare we'll be on fire with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We bless you. Pastor Beth.
please go ahead and pray. Father, your word says that you make your ministers flame of fire. Father, we thank you for your spirit Yes, God. Come on, guys, let's raise our voices. Thank you, Father. Yes, God. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. A highway for you, Father. A highway for you, Lord. A highway for you, Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands up to him. Let's lift our hands up to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yes, God. Hallelujah. And Father, we just pray for fresh oil, God. Fresh oil yes, God. upon your leaders yes, and your God. pastors, God, across this region. Yes, God. Throughout the Jersey Shore, Father, from Monmouth and Ocean ah, and the the Lampus, Lampus, and Kate Kate County, Father, we pray for fresh oil, God, and pour forth, flowing down from the head to the body, coming down from the leadership. And the minister and the spiritualists all the way down to the elders and the, and the, and the, and the deacons and the, and the volunteer yes, God. and the leaders yes, God. of every yes, church, Father. We thank you right now for giving them a spirit of boldness and courage and yes, strength yes. and conviction that your leaders, your people, your pastors, your ministers 
will be unafraid to proclaim the truth of your word, God. That their pulpits will be pulpits of fire, Lord God. Yes, that God. the word of the Lord will become fire in their bones. That the word of God be like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces across the Jersey Shore. We thank you that your pulpits are aflame with fire. That yeah. your ministers thank are aflame with fire, yep. Lord. Yep. Yep. That you yep. to strengthen them and encourage yep. them and build yep. them up. Yep. They don't yep. become weak or weary in well-doing, But in this season and in this time, Father, there's a fresh anointing coming upon them that they've never experienced before. Hallelujah. That they declare and decree and proclaim and Hallelujah. your word, Lord. And your word will not return back void in this area. It will accomplish everything you've sent it forth to do. So, Lord, put that fresh word, that fresh <inaudible> rainbow word in the mouths, in the hearts, in the minds of your pastors, God, across this region, across the Jersey Shore, that they would say what you told them to say, Father. They would say what you told them to say, Father. And they would care less what other people might think. They would be to your word and the leading of your spirit to accomplish your will and to glorify your name in this region. Place, and so, Father, we just pray Holy for Spirit a fresh wind this place, to blow God. across this region yes. and for a fresh wave yes. of your spirit to come yes. in and out of this region, Lord God. Yes. A fresh wave coming in and yes. out and in and out, Lord God. Not as people are renewed and revived and refreshed of to speak, to live with biblical convictions, to be strong and courageous in their faith, to be uncompromising to testify who the Lord Jesus Christ is what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and that he is coming again to this earth to rule and to reign for a thousand years. Lord, give your people that biblical conviction to be bold and strong in their testimony, yes, in their witness, God, to carry your glory like the priest carried the ark of the covenant. May your people in this region carry your glory from streets to streets, from city to city, from county to county, that all men would know that Jesus Christ is exalted. Hallelujah! He death, hell, and the grave. He has destroyed Hallelujah. And he is coming again to rule and to reign. Hallelujah. As Alpha and Omega, the beginning and Hallelujah. the end, the first and the last. Blessing, 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 honor, and glory, glory. Without fear, without intimidation, but bold and strong and courageous, putting on the full armor of God to go forth and to do the work of God, to see the will of God prevail here in the earth. So, Father, we just pray your blessing, your anointing, and the power of your spirit to move mightily, supernaturally throughout this region. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for a revival of the word, a revival of hunger for the word, a revival of thirst for the things of God, a revival, Father God, where our souls would be desperate to know you, to hear you, to see you moving in our midst, Lord God. Revive that thirst within us, Father. Lord, we understand that revival is for the church. We need to be revived. Revive us, O oh Lord, again, God. Revive us, Lord, again, Father God. Cause us to, to, to experience that fresh 
anointing, that fresh oil, Father God, even as Sean prayed, Father God, a fresh wave of your oil, a fresh wave of your glory, a, fre a fresh, fresh wave of hunger amongst your people, God. Forgive us for the complacency, Father. Forgive us for the comfort zones that we've settled into. Forgive us, Lord God, for the laziness, Lord. Forgive us, Father. And Father, light that fire again on the inside of us, Lord God. Light it again, God. Light it again, God. Light it again, God, so we would burn bright for you, Father God. For your glory, Lord, not so that people could point to us or not even that people would be attracted to us, Father God, but Lord, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word. Your power, your anointing is on your word. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, Father. For all, for the Jews and the Greeks and the Gentiles and every person on this earth, Father God. But Lord, give us a hunger once again, Father. Amen. Give us a hunger once again, Father. There were some of us, Lord God, we would read chapter after chapter after chapter. We wouldn't go to bed at night. We'd stay up at night reading, get up early in the morning reading, reading on our coffee breaks, reading, listening to the word, even as we drive in our cars. God, let that desperation, Father, yes, thank you. that hunger, that passion, Father God, for your word. Lord, let it rise up in us again, Father God. Let it rise up in us again, Father God, that we would not, Father God, we would not be satisfied until we be consumed by your zeal, consumed by your presence, Father God. Father, we declare our desire. Even Father, we line up with John the Baptist. He said, I must decrease so that he could increase. Father, I pray that we would decrease, that our lives would not be so important to ourselves that we would be wasting our energy and wasting your breath that you gave us on building our own little kingdoms and accomplishing our own little dreams. But, Father, that we'll put those aside, pick up our cross and follow you daily, Father God. That means of identifying with you, Father, crucifying the flesh, Lord God, so that Jesus can be seen, Father. Oh, Oh, that there would be a release of your power, God. That there would be a release, Father God, of that fresh, fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost, Father, like we received at that very beginning in our lives, God. That fresh baptism of fire, Lord God. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Father, even in the book of Acts, it tells us that there were other, other outpourings of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit would fall on groups of people, Father, even after the day of Pentecost, Lord. It says at one point that they all got together, disciples got together to pray, and prayed in the Spirit, and the place was shaken. And they all spoke in tongues, just like they did in the beginning, Lord God. So, Lord, we're praying, God, oh, Father, that there would be a fresh Pentecost, a fresh Pentecost, a fresh Pentecost, Father, that would invade every church that calls upon the name of the Lord, every church that claims to be based on the word of God. Father God, every Christian, every Christian, baptized, baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit, Father God, walking in that fire, walking in that power, stepping into the realm of the supernatural, Father God. For you call this Jesus, Jesus. You said that he who believes in you, 
Greater work shall they do because you're going to the Father. Father, I pray that there will be a release of the greater works in every single one of us. Every single one of us, Father God. Jesus, you gave us instruction. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You told us to cast out demons. You told us we would speak with other tongues. You told us, Father, that even if we drank anything deadly while we're doing the work of the gospel, that it would not harm us, Father. Walking in the supernatural. Father, your church needs to walk in the supernatural. So that people would say, this God is really real. It's not just a story. It's not just a myth. He's real. He's real. He's real, Father. So let there be a fresh revelation of your word, God. Father, the Bible tells us in the Gospels that there were those that came to Philip and said, we want to see Jesus. Father, we're living in a world right now that needs to see Jesus, God. Father, I pray, God, that you position each and every one of us in such a way, God, that people would not see us, that they would see Jesus. And hope would rise in their hearts. And they would come to the cross and come to you, God. And receive forgiveness. And receive salvation. And make that declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we declare right now, Father, tonight, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is Lord. He's Lord over the Jersey Shore. (laughs) He is Lord over the Jersey Shore. Father, the stigma of this place being just a party area full of drunks and promiscuity. No, 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 no. Father God, that it will be known as the place of holiness, the place of power, a region where people get healed just from walking down the street. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Let's say, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we know we haven't asked one thing tonight that's not your will. And you said, Father, 1 John 5, Father, in verse 14, if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. This is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, and we do, you went on to say that we would have the request that we made known. So we receive, Father. We see it, God. We see it. We see it on the inside. We hear it. We hear it. We hear it. We hear it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The rains of the Spirit. The rains of the Spirit, Father God. Pour it out, God. Pour out of your Spirit, Father God. Over every single one of us, God. Over every single, every, single, every single Christian in this region, God. Pour your spirit out, Father. Draw the hearts of those that are lost, Father God. Prepare their hearts to receive the gospel, Father God. Father, send angels into households, Father God. Father, bring people across their, be- their path. Jesus, you said that we should pray to the Lord of the harvest. We are. We're praying to the Father right now. Father, we pray that you would send laborers, people that know you, people that know how to love like you, people that know the word. Send them across the path of every lost person in this entire region. Father, send us. Send us. Send us. 
Father, we'll be like Isaiah. We say, here I am, send me. Hineni, here I am, send me. Every one of us, put your hand up, put your hand up, put your hand up. Say this with me. Father, Father, set up up divine appointments appointments in my path. path. Tonight, Tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow, for the rest of my life on this earth. Use me to reach somebody. somebody. For your glory, Father. Father. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Amen? Amen. 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 Praise God. We'll see you on the weekend.